There's a difference between the religion of my childhood and the faith of my womanhood. You're listening to the Redefining Wealth podcast with Patrice Washington. This is a space where you come each and every week to learn more about what it means to truly chase purpose, not money. Now, if you're here, here's what you've gotten yourself into. This is a community that understands that wealth is so much more than just money and material possessions. We understand and subscribe to the original 12th century definition of wealth, which says it's about the condition of well-being. And you already know that I believe in the faith pillar. It's one of our six pillars of wealth here. And it is a pillar that I believe you want to be well in if you're going to truly be prepared and grounded for this journey called life. So I'm so excited for today's guest. But before I jump in, if you're trying to figure out which one of these six pillars you need to start with on your journey, I want to invite you to go to patricewashington.com and take the two-minute Redefining Wealth quiz. It'll truly guide you to figuring out where you need to begin and we'll give you some action steps and some things to consider so you can get started powerfully. Now, before I introduce today's guest, let's get into the affirmation of the week. You know, you got to speak positivity into your life, into your day. You got to affirm positivity. You got to affirm abundance. You got to affirm yourself to wealth. This week's affirmation is, I will go the way God leads. Purpose may require me to be illogical. As long as I'm committed to honoring my spirit authentically, I don't need the validation of external forces, even those that genuinely desire to protect me. I make time to be still and learn how to discern my fears versus the fears of others. I honor those feelings, yet I choose to create a plan to figure it out and honor what I believe God has shown or told me. I know that no matter what, all things will work together for my good if I only continue to trust. Declare with me today, I will go the way God leads. All right, I'm so excited about today's guest. I met this woman at an event earlier this year when I was speaking at the Essence Wellness House in Atlanta. And from the moment she walked in, captivated, (laughs) just stunning. But then also I got to hear her open her mouth a few times. And then we had a chance to really talk and connect. And I just knew that she needed to be here on the Redefining Wealth podcast to be, I mean, selfishly a blessing to me, but I was like, I'll invite (laughs) y'all in on it too. So let me introduce you to LaVon Briggs. She has a Master's of Divinity, a Master's in Theology, and is an author, Emmy Award winner, and a body and sex positive womanist preacher and speaker. Say that again, okay? As the host of the Sensual Faith podcast and the author of Sensual Faith, The Art of Coming Home to Your Body, she is also the co-host of Sanctified, a faith-based Spotify-exclusive podcast, and a spiritual life coach and TEDx speaker. Do I not bring y'all the best? I mean, 
Drop that in the comments. Give me some love here. Levana has been featured in many media outlets like Essence, Cosmopolitan, Rolling Stone, and the Washington Post. And Sojourners named her one of 11 women shaping the church. Without further ado, here is LaVon Briggs. <laughs> yay, 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 yay. yay. Welcome up? to the Redefining Wealth Podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited for this conversation. You guys should have seen how we <laughs> behaved when... Cutting. Like the moment that she walked in. Thank you so much for being here. I've been looking forward to this conversation. Me too. So I got the book. Yes. Woo. Sensual Faith. The Art of Coming Home to Your Body. You know, I couldn't have met you at a better time. I think Mm -hmm. I told you when we met, I said I felt like it was just divine timing. Mm -hmm. um, Because the audience knows that this entire like season or year of the podcast, I've been really talking about Mm self-love. And I've been talking about what this journey for me has entailed and how my concept of God has Mm -hmm. grown. And how the more my concept of God grew, the more I actually began to love myself. Yep. Like I had never experienced before. So good. And... I just, I just have to, listen, it's so much I want to say. Let me just start with this. In the book, you said, I am not fearful to interrogate my faith. Correct. And that was, I think, the beginning Mm -hmm. of this whole evolution Mm -hmm. of mine. I've been telling the audience about not being on autopilot. Right. But to really tap into the most authentic version of yourself. Right. You have got to ask questions. Yes, you do. And just stop going along with things because mama said and grandma said and and big mama did. And this is the way we've always done it. And that's the thing. I've always been nosy, right? My mom will always tell you that when she was raising me, she would always ask me what else. So I'm four years old. Six o'clock in the morning on the F train in Queens, New York. People ain't had their coffee yet. And I'm like, yeah, this is what's happening. Mom's like, what else? So now I'm still asking what else? So when Mm -hmm. I hear faith, I feel like it's such a loaded term, right? The term faith can actually turn some people off. Yeah. But faith, as it's one of your pillars, is simply believing in something bigger than you. And so I got it right. (laughs) You, you, Because that's how we describe it. All things in divine timing. It's what you say you believe, right? And for those of us who were raised in really conservative, restrictive religious traditions, we were misinformed at best. Mm. The word religion comes from the Latin legate, which means to fasten or to bind. And we learned in grade school that re means to do something again. So religion should refasten you to God. Religion should rebind you to God. But if we were raised in churches, temples, imams, elays, religious spaces that taught us to separate ourselves from God, that wasn't religion. That was doctrine. That was dogma. It wasn't religion. And so... Now that I'm older, now that I have these degrees and I have this spiritual practice, I'm like, oh, there's a difference between the religion of my childhood and the faith of my womanhood. Oh, wait a minute. I need you to say that again. Because <laughs> I, I, I think that's where I am. Absolutely. Okay, say that and again. And I love that you're on this journey. And for those of you who are on the journey as well, all things in divine timing, beloved. Yeah. There's a difference between the religion of my childhood and the faith of my womanhood. Yes. Right? So spirituality is how you live out your faith. And if you look in the word spirituality, there's the word ritual. So you can't say you're a spiritual person if you don't have ritual. Ooh. It's in the word. Okay, wait. <laughs> Can I tell you? Okay, Purpose Chasers. Uh-huh. Now, let me tell y'all. Have I led y'all? I haven't led y'all wrong. <laughs> 
Because the entire time, what I've been saying about the faith pillar is I don't care what you say you believe, mm-hmm. but do you actually make time to practice mm-hmm. it? Is it just as important as all the other things that we put on our calendars? Right. We have all the work-related things and yep. running the kids around and this and that, but then we don't literally make time to have right. a routine or ritual right. around our faith practice unless we say, well, I went to church on Sunday. Ciao. Uh, ma'am. <laughs> Right, sir, non-gender conforming person. (laughs) That's the thing. It's not just about going into traditional religious spaces as ritual. You are your first ritual. Your body is your first temple, right? And so if you have been habituated to distance yourself from your body, to see it as something evil or an apparatus that you need to control or repress, what's holy about that? What's sacred about that, right? And so when you start to see yourself as a spiritual being having a physical existence Mm -hmm. and not a physical being who simply practices spirituality that changes things. Then you realize everything I do is a ritual. Take a deep breath in, inhale, hold it, exhale, ritual. Taking a nap, ritual, sipping your tea and not just burning your tongue, rushing out the door, ritual, Mm -hmm. baths, right? It's not, yeah, it's prayer. Yeah, it's meditation, but also in the everyday. And I think that's what I want to see more of us doing is Mm -hmm. infusing the ritual into the everyday. You know what? Every week I meet with some girlfriends for yoga. Mm -hmm. And this week we did breath work in the morning. And it was so powerful. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, we do it, you know, quite often. I do it by myself too. But I remember at one point, uh, probably in my 20s, yeah. I met someone who did breath work and I shared it with someone who was a church friend. And mm-hmm. she said, girl, that's demonic. That's Ooh. the devil. And, Child. you know, <laughs> in my spirit, I was like, how is breathing mm-hmm. the devil? Right. Why do you find that people demonized every talk piece it. of ritual that maybe they were not, you know, raised with, mm-hmm. but... It's breathing. We have to have this conversation, particularly as black women, right, who were churched, <laughs> that there has been a systematic attack on the divine feminine. So when we're talking about Christianity, Abrahamic religions, the Bible, when we're talking about in Genesis 1 where the spirit of God hovered over the face of the deep, that was a feminine energy. When we're talking about the Ruach and the breath of God, Literally, breath is what carries us. And even if you're talking about the Holy Spirit, in Greek, the Holy Spirit is pneuma, which if you study a foreign language, you know, if a word ends in A, then it's feminine. So the Holy Spirit is actually she. But many of us were raised to call the Holy Spirit he or even it. So colonized Christianity that's steeped in patriarchy and sexism and misogyny wants to reduce and demonize women And anything that has to do with us. So that's how our language got co-opted. And then I'll close this part by saying Dr. Will Gaffney is a fabulous womanist Hebrew Bible scholar. And she talks about how in the original languages of what we call the Bible, a lot of the adjectives and names for God got rendered masculine or gender neutral when in the original language they were feminine. Wow. So there are so many words and phrases describing the divine as female, as womanly, with the divine feminine attributes. But what we inherited erased that. Mm. Ciao. Ciao. How are you going to try to erase me? 
Wow. <laughs> this makes so much sense to me. You mentioned the term womanist. Yes. Can we talk about Let's that? Do What's it. the difference between being a feminist mm. and a womanist? Great question. So in 1979, the illustrious author and activist Alice Walker coined the term womanist. And she used it in an essay for the first time in 1983. And there's a beautiful four-part definition of womanism that I really suggest everyone read. But for starters, number three says, womanist is to feminist as purple is to lavender. Womanist is to feminist as purple is to lavender, which means we're kind of in the same color family, but our experience is a little richer, a little deeper, deeper. you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And so the fact of the matter is feminism was not created for black women and women of color. It was definitely white women who were creating their own framework. And so when we want to see everybody healed, everybody happy, everyone purposeful, we have to think who's the most marginalized among us. And how can we center them? And often it's going to be young, poor, queer, disabled, right? Like black girls, if we just want to put all of the social stuff on it. And so when we're thinking about womanism, womanism sets up a framework because we care about the liberation of everyone. I have a comrade who says black women have never wanted a freedom that did not include everyone. And so that's why I identify as a womanist and not a feminist. Wow. You know, I can even say as a black woman in this space, mm-hmm. you know, early on people would come to me and center the podcast on black women. Mm. And I would say, well, my heart is for everyone mm-hmm. though. For sure. Um, male, female, Everybody. black, white, mm-hmm. like, like my heart is for everyone. And yeah. then going back to the faith piece, I often have to remind people that not only Christians listen to this podcast, not only people identify with the movement of redefining wealth. Mm -hmm. And even as recently as this week, um, we were having a conversation about the faith pillar and one of my groups called Pillar Mastery. And what I love about what we create are these safe containers where you feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. Most people in that space on that particular discussion did identify as Christian. Mm hmm. And one of the women, she was able to speak up and say, I don't identify as Christian anymore. Right. You know, many years ago, I could tell you all the things, right, for sure. but this is my experience. But it was so beautiful the mm-hmm. way everyone like just loved on her and yes. applauded her for taking that stand, but yeah. just really giving voice to her truth. That's what it's about. And that's what for me, like I was so proud of that moment mm-hmm. because I felt like, yes, God, this is it. Mm-hmm. Like, I wanted to create a space that was welcoming for everyone. Right. So even though people hear me talk about the faith of my youth, like, I would say the religion that I grew mm-hmm. up in, yes, is my foundation because sure. that's what I know. But this interrogating my faith right. and asking more questions, I love the way it's opened me up exactly. to receive and support and right. love on Everybody. That's it. And that is connection to God. God is love. God is light. God is liberation. And so people who say they are acting in the name of God and it's coming from hate and bigotry, that is not God. (laughs) If you have a God who hates everyone that you hate, that's not a God. That's a tyrant. And you need to get it together. (laughs) So when I think about love, I'm like, how are you showing up? Even if you don't identify as a person of faith, what Mm -hmm. are your morals? Do we have shared values? Like there's something to be said about having a particular consciousness that you're going to bring to the space to see everyone as necessary, to see everyone as worthy. 
that's what it is at the end of the day is knowing that you are worthy, not because of who you are, not because of what you do or what you've achieved, but just because you are a child of God or a human being resident of earth. Yeah. Okay. So when we started, you said that faith is a loaded word. Yes. Okay. So, well, here's the thing. A lot of people, when they hear faith, they automatically think like super conservative, evangelical uh, Christian. Right. Mm-hmm. And so when people hear sensual faith, they automatically think it's just for Christians. But the fact of the matter is, even if you don't identify as a Christian, even if you've never stepped foot in a church, you have been affected by those kind of puritanical ideals. When we're talking about the politics of respectability. Right. Quoting Dr. Evelyn Higginbotham, this idea that. You have to be seen as a lady and uh, you're going to be respected when you talk a certain way, dress a certain way. Look Right. Yeah. All of that. The shame around our bodies and feeling like, oh, you got to cover up and you don't want to tempt anybody. That's not necessarily Christian. It can affect us socially. And so for me, I want to affirm women in particular to live their spirituality from a place of pleasure rather than shame. Oh, Okay, let's get into it. Yeah. I love this. Okay, I love this. So one of my best friends, Carly Harvey Raymond, was mm-hmm. on the podcast earlier this year. Yeah. And that is like Carly's ministry. Mm, I really believe it. that so much of my confidence, but really mm-hmm. creativity yep. and conviction yep. in this season yes. has come from embracing Pleasure. Yes. And being clear about what pleasure actually means Mm. for me. And Carly (laughs) is the one who taught me that pleasure was not just a sexual thing. Correct. But when we talked about, you know, like you said, taking my time in a ritual to drink my mushroom coffee in the morning. Hello. It's pleasurable. Plant medicine. Like it's, you know, that is a thing for me. And and how many rituals I have established in my life are really centered in pleasure and not the idea that I have to force some routine that someone else said, this is how you are successful. I'm looking for what is authentic to Patrice in this season. And and I also am aware that that can change. Right. For black women and those who support us, pleasure is the pathway to liberation. Right. So for me, when I'm thinking about being in this beautiful body, with curves and fupa and stretch marks and all the things, because we 40 now, praise yes. the Lord. Yes. <laughs> right? I'm like, that too is good. It doesn't just yes. have to be my service or my worship or my giving, just being, right? And so when you look in the dictionary, the dictionary defines sensuality as lewd and lascivious. I'm like, child, Webster, go on somewhere. I define sensuality as the ultimate practice in mindfulness, Right. Now, as you may know, the faith pillar is all about believing in something greater. And in order to give more and pour into the faith that keeps you well, it's important to be a good steward of your finances. Our partner this week is Chime, and Chime is on a mission to make financial peace of mind a reality for everyone. They're doing this by changing the way people feel about banking, and their business is built on the principle of protecting their members. So when you sign up for Chime and link a qualifying direct deposit, you'll get access to benefits like getting paid up to two days early and fee-free overdraft up to $200. Plus with Chime, there are no monthly fees, there's no minimum balance, and no deposit required to become a member. Have faith in how you steward your finances and sign up for a Chime checking account today to link your paycheck. It only takes two minutes and doesn't affect your credit score. Get started at chime.com rw. 
That's Chime.com slash RW. And special thanks to Chime for supporting the Redefining Wealth podcast. Chime is a financial technology company, not a bank. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank, North America, or Stride Bank, North America, member of the FDIC. Early access to direct deposit funds depends on payer. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. See Chime.com slash spot me. Again, in my belief system, we are spiritual beings having a physical existence. What does that mean? It means we have varying levels of ability, and I don't want to be ableist, but if your senses are healthy and performing well, you can see, you can taste, you can touch, you can smell, you can, mm-hmm. right? Similarly, spiritually, you can see, you can hear, like your spiritual gifts are also yeah. sensual. Yeah. And so wow. we get to be embodied beings because being in your body gets you closer to the divine. It does. Let me tell you, I realized that so many of the decisions that I've made early on, yeah. not that I didn't feel them, but when I would feel things, I would go to try to intellectualize right, it. Into I would the try head. to... Think through it because yep. I'm so smart and mm-hmm. I done read all the things mm-hmm. and I remember what the sermon said and all, all this stuff. <laughs> so against what my body felt, <sighs> I would continue on in cycles, mm. relationships, environments mm-hmm. that I knew in my body no longer served me. My mind. And I can't tell you how many of the clients that I work with, when we really start to deconstruct. Yep. Uh, the breakdown listen, and the burnout listen, and all of the, the challenges, yep. there's always a moment when I say, well, when did that first start? When did you really know? And it's right. like, I knew 18 years ago. Yep, that part. I knew 15 years ago. Yep. I knew nine years ago yep. that I didn't belong in that job. I needed to leave that city. <sighs> I didn't have to continue down this path with this toxic person in my family. Right. And not, But when we not only intellectualize, mm-hmm. But then we spiritualize mm-hmm. why we should stay in spaces that our spirit is literally like, you Get out. don't belong here. Get out. We have more for you. The more right. I've learned to lean into trusting mm-hmm. what I feel in my body, right. I really believe it's led to, I mean, really powerful <laughs> Really powerful experiences Absolutely. for me. And I'm so proud of you, Patrice. I want to affirm you publicly and let you know that you are divinely guided and on the right path. Because when I think of everything that you had to sift through to get to this place, when you are taught from a child to distrust your body, you can't trust yourself, you can't trust your intuition, in this flesh dwells no good. You're like, well, how did, well, if God is good and God made me, how am I bad? It just, and your heart be lying. Right. The heart <laughs> is deceitfully wicked. Who yeah. can know? Like, it's just, okay, let's yeah. just, Everybody take a breather, all right? And remember, the Bible was written by men for men at a particular time with a particular agenda. So when you bring a more liberatory perspective called a hermeneutic, hermeneutic is a fancy word for your point of view, right? Mm -hmm. When you bring that to the text, you start to see, okay, where is the liberation in this? Because what really opened the floodgates for me was learning that whenever you see that word salvation in the Bible, it doesn't mean to be rescued from sin. It means to be healed. It means to be made well. To be made well. The condition of your well-being. Do you see the synchronicity? Oh, to be made well. And this is why it's so important for us to do a few different things. One, you got to decolonize your religion. You got to liberate it. You got to understand who taught you to believe what and why do they want you to believe that. 
right? There's a queer theologian named Zan West who poses this question. Who does it serve for me to believe it this way? Ooh. Right? Does it serve the patriarchy? Does it serve men? Does it serve capitalism? Does it serve industrialism? Or does it serve your highest self? Does it serve your purpose? Does it serve your rest, your ease, your flow and abundance, right? Now, I'm a black woman, so I'm a card-carrying member of the African diaspora. So I have reclaimed my African spiritual base and practices. But for indigenous folks, right, for European folks, find out what your foremothers, the people they were calling witches, what were they doing? Because they were healing something. Mm -hmm. And there's something that got repressed, suppressed, kind of thrown, tossed under the rug that is actually quite healing and liberatory for you today. So it's really important to go back and claim that ancient wisdom that's honestly already resonating in your bones. It's the thing that you feel. It's the thing that you know. Maybe you don't have the language for it Mm -hmm. or you don't have the formula for it, but you feel it and you know it. That, too, is knowledge. That, Mm. That knowing in your bonus, that, too, is wisdom. And then, because when women are in the room, I know woundedness is in the room. So if there is any kind of trauma that needs to be healed, particularly around the body, that is a very tender area, but it's something that needs to be dealt with. And I know that it happens to so many of us where we're harmed uh, physically. And I just want you to know that I see you and that I honor you and I acknowledge you and I believe you and what happened to you was wrong and it was not your fault and it's not your responsibility to stop those kinds of things, but it is your responsibility to heal, beloved. So I just want to share that with you because I love you. And then the last part is to help you to learn to love yourself unapologetically. Oh, that's right. Unapologetic <laughs> self-love is revolutionary. Yeah. And it's countercultural. And if we can tap into each of those areas, child, you will be uncontrollable. Mm-hmm. Society is afraid of people they can't control. So let's scare the hell out of them, child. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh. Uh, I just it's just so much I know but it's, it's so, so affirming mm-hmm. because I have been on this journey without these guideposts mm. but I can identify with yeah. everything that you're saying right right and I've shared the story before you know um, one of the first episodes on this podcast I interviewed a man who became um, one of my mentors Dr. Brad Klontz amazing and he's a financial psychologist mm-hmm. right so he comes on the podcast. It was a brand partnership that I had. And he's talking and I'm like, huh, mm. huh. That's what <laughs> I've been saying. That's what I've been doing. Right. But all of it was intuitive. Yeah. All of it was spirit led. Yeah. It was just divine downloads and right. trusting. Right. And that's how my space in this financial space yeah. was technically born. It was not because I had actually studied all the things. Right. What I studied was what everyone was regurgitating. But what right. was redefining wealth mm-hmm. was what God gave me. Right. Listen, I cut you off. Go ahead, girl. No, I mean, that's it. And that's how I feel about this journey. Right. This part of the journey for me is is from really seeing all of the work that I've done with hundreds of clients yeah. in these just last three years mm-hmm. or so. We're having the conversations about taking your purpose to platform. Mm -hmm. We're talking about commanding the stage. We're talking about accelerating that platform. (laughs) We're doing all the things. Right. But what's really transforming the women that I serve Mm -hmm. are having these conversations. Right. I just wasn't publicly talking about it yet. Yeah. Because it was what I was privately experiencing Mm -hmm. and working through and sifting through on my own. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, I mean, probably 18 months ago or so. 
all this stuff opened up and I just felt spirit say, this is it. Mm. Like, this is where I've been guiding you all along. Yeah. Because there's so many people who are chasing money. Right. They're ch- chasing wealth and they're, you know, chasing these dream careers and they don't even realize it's not aligned right. with who they really are and what they're called to do. Right. And a lot of the women say, I don't know how to dream. Mm. Or, I don't know who I really am. Right. I know what people see. Mm-hmm. I know what my resume says. Right. I know what the bio reads. Right. But if I really think about authentically, who am I at my core? Yep. What is my essence? Yep. Do I really feel good about yep. who I am in the world and what I'm doing? Or do I just feel like, well, at least I checked the box. Child. Those are the women because I've been there. So mm-hmm. that's the season I'm in in terms of the types of women I want to serve and support. Right. From getting off that autopilot to yep. like, how do we get in touch with who you authentically are so that you can really live your life's purpose, mm-hmm. really find fulfillment. And I believe the opportunities, the money, the career, all the things that you desire will be attracted yep. when you are who you really are exactly. and not this like... Authenticity. That's it. One of my favorite affirmations is I don't chase, I attract. What belongs to me will simply find me. Because when I tell you, people will be like, Who's your PR agent? I'm like, God, God is my PR I say agent. The same thing. I say the same thing. Because what? So for me, I feel like you would get this. I'm first generation Caribbean American, right? Same. When you grow up, it is school, education, not are you going to college? Where are you going to college? Mm -hmm. I was valedictorian in sixth grade, Patrice. (laughs) Okay, that's the kind of academic journey I've been on. And when I learned that I was raised in a merit-based worthiness system where I only felt worthy of love if I was achieving, acquiring, doing. I'm I'm trying not to slap your whole knee off. Just I love you, girl. I was like, oh, so I was raised to believe I need to produce. Perform. I need to perform. Addicted to achievement. Mm -hmm. Hyper achievement, which is why black women have the most number of degrees, which is why we're the fastest growing number of entrepreneurs. You think you need another degree? No, you need a nap. (laughs) You think you need to go get another certificate? No, you need uh, to masturbate. (laughs) Oh, oh. (laughs) You can masturbate in the bath. Okay. (laughs) We just went there. We can combine the two. Take a deep dive. Yeah. Okay. No, but for real, for real. When you know that you are worthy just because, just because you're like, even if I never do another thing, hard stop, hard stop. You know what? I've really been healing in this season, Patrice, is codependency. A lot of people think codependency is being clingy or like really attached to someone, but it's actually a dysfunctional relationship that you can have with romantic partners, family, friends, where you feel the need to control the situation. Mm. And for many of us who may have felt out of control in our lives, we're like, no, I'm going to control this. So someone's like, oh, I have this issue. And you jump in immediately to help them. They didn't even Mm -hmm. ask you. Mm -hmm. And next thing you know, you're resentful because, well, I did X, Y, and Z. And nobody said thank you. Nobody asked you to help in the first place. That's You're not being helpful. You're being a rescuer. You're being codependent. So let's let's heal that. But it comes from somewhere. If you've Mm -hmm. heard all your life, you know, you got to deny your flesh and Blood is thicker than water and you need to serve humanity. You think that you have to serve everyone outside of yourself. Mm -hmm. But when you know that you are your first ministry, you're like, I need to tend to myself first. Period. And that's not selfish. Self-care is not selfish. Self-preservation is an act of political warfare, to quote Audre Lorde. So for me, I'm inviting women especially to really look at your spiritual practice and see how can I infuse more mindfulness, 
more pleasure and more sensuality into my practice. Because when I think about how much we do, Mm -hmm. how we show up, are we not worthy of pleasure? Are we not worthy of feeling good after all the thank yous and all the comments and all the podcasting? Are we not worthy of a rub down? Mm-hmm. Are we not worthy of somebody who can smack it, flip it, rub it down? Oh, no. <laughs> I say the yay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I will say this to add to that. Yeah. This self-love journey has definitely taught me that I am no one's savior. Mm. That is not a cape I desire <sighs> to ever put back on ever again in my life. The sacrifices that I have made to mm. my happiness, to right. my joy, to my yeah. peace, to just my self-worth, right. to all those things came for me greatly at the this idea that I was people's savior. So right. if I didn't do it, who was going to do it? If I didn't put up with it, who was going to put up with it? If right. I didn't carry on, then what would happen to my child? If mm-hmm. I didn't endure, then what would happen to my mom? Right. Like, right. letting go that whole savior complex yep. and being like, hey, I'm tapping into my faith pillar. I suggest you do too. Uh, <laughs> right. That has freed me. Mm-hmm. When people keep saying, you look so much younger. Right. You look like you're glowing. Oh, my gosh. You look so good for mm-hmm. 42. I know I do because I'm not worried about saving. Hello? Boo-boo, Pookie. Oh, and them. And them. I'm not worried about that. How many of us have spent decades, decades our entire lives? Some of us grew up in households where we were literally adults, adulting. Ooh, raising adults. Ra- we were adults as a Child. little kid, and we learned how to be hyper vigilant with like managing the emotions right. and expectations of the adults that didn't know how to manage themselves. And then. You learned at a young age that your wants and your needs don't get responded to. So then you learn, well, I don't matter. So then you start to hold your feelings to yourself. And now at your big age, you're afraid to share your needs and wants for fear that you'll be ignored or they won't be met. And you are worthy of having your needs known, met, and exceeded, I would say. Let me tell you how that's serving me in this season. That communicating my needs, wants, desires, Mm -hmm. what works for me, what doesn't. Dating. Uh huh. Oh, come on. Like, babe, you you can't just come over here with any old thing. Not at all. And I know, you know that that was a big thing mm-hmm. that that codependency you mm-hmm. spoke about. Being afraid to articulate what I genuinely felt in my body right. is what kept me bound in situations right. that didn't serve me. Yeah. So at this big age, mm-hmm. I'm not afraid. Right. Good for you. At all. And I don't care if it's personally or professionally. Right. I'm not afraid to be like, hey, yeah, I don't really care for that. Right. I don't really like that. No, thank you. Um, no, thank you. That no. doesn't work for me. Right. I'm not mean. That don't make no. me mean. It doesn't make me mean spirited. It doesn't make me clear. combative. It makes me clear. Yep. And people pleasers don't like clarity because people pleasers never say how they feel or how they think or what they want. And so when you're a recovered people pleaser, like we are, people think that you're cold or you're being a a winch. And it's like, no, you're not used to people telling you what they want, but I am worthy of having what I want. If you don't think you're worthy of having what you want. Yeah. Then you're going to be upset when you get any old thing. That's why you got to be clear about what you desire. And for many of us, desire was demonized. 
to the point where it's just equated with sex. Does Sexual desire is only one kind of desire, right? Just like Carly says, sexual pleasure is only one kind of pleasure. Mm-hmm. What lights you up? What turns you on, right? Not even sexually. Every other month, I attend a Super Friends brunch where we talk about everything from purpose to pursuing new dreams and even menopause. Yep, you heard me, menopause, because if you're over 40 and your girlfriends don't keep it real, I don't know what to tell you. But we have these important conversations because how can we redefine wealth if we're not keeping up with our hormonal health? Now, We discovered Happy Mammoth. It's the company that created Hormone Harmony, and it's dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for us. They make no compromise when it comes to quality. Hormone Harmony contains herbal extracts called aptogens that help the body adapt to any stressors like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally. And any woman with symptoms of hormonal imbalances can take Hormone Harmony. It's perfect for hot flashes, night sweats, menopause-related brain fog, sleeplessness, occasional bloating and gas. You get the picture. Hormone Harmony can help with all of these things. And for a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com by using the code RW at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code RW for 15% off. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, I haven't thought about this, but just in the work um, that I've been doing more recently, I didn't realize how many of us really struggle with the idea of listing what we desire. So you're making this connection for me Mm -hmm. because I'll say to clients, so what do you desire out Mm -hmm. of this pillar? Mm -hmm. And they instantly go to, well, I think I should have and I think it should be. And I'm like, no, but what do you desire? I didn't realize that desire was such a taboo word. It is. You have to release the shoulds. And lean into the what could be, right? Lean in, release the shoulds, lean into the coulds. 
That's what desire does. It opens up possibilities. But when we've been taught that desire is bad, you shrink away from it. And that's why you feel restricted. Desire actually expands you because it coaxes you to think daily, monthly, yearly. What do I want right now? I want to shut down my business get a vacation on the books and rebrand and come back with something else. Yes, Mm -hmm. I'm an author. Yes, there's a wonderful book out in the world. But is this what's lighting me up right now? And I'm really honest. And I don't care what you think about it. I don't care what you think about it. A lot of us may be clear or have an awareness around Mm -hmm. what we desire, but we're attached Mm -hmm. to the face your mama going to make when you say it out loud. We're attached to... You know, what your spouse is going to say about if we can do that as a family and all these things, right? We're attached to how we see someone shift once we say that. Like, right, you said that, and if I was like, if I made a face, like, well, why would you do that? We're attached to the questions Mm -hmm. that may come from outsiders about why we're choosing to do this. Because someone will say, but you spent 10 years building that, but you went to school for that, but you've been in that position for eight years. Why would you rock the boat? Why would you, you know, upset that? Like that's what we're really afraid of is the response from others. My joy is the priority. Period. (laughs) The word of God for the people of God. And so when I think about what I want, I think desperately about what would bring me joy. This is actually something that I do multiple times a day, every day. Mm -hmm. I say, LaVon, what would bring you joy right now? And to the extent that it's possible, I do it. So if it is taking a nap, if it's running a bath, if I'm like, oh, I want to go to Paris, you know, I'm still waiting for my billionaire husband to buy me a (laughs) private jet, but I can go get a croissant and warm it up and drink my cafe and just enjoy mm. the Parisianness of that moment, right? It doesn't always have to be, you know, so astronomically extreme. priced. And yeah. extreme, right? People think luxury is luxury, uh, name brand goods, designer bags. And, no, luxury is drinking your water out of a wine glass mm-hmm. instead of a plastic bottle, right? Luxury is elevating the everyday experience. So you treat yourself like the sacred, precious entity that you are. And so much of this would be, second nature, not even second nature, first nature for us, if we learn to trust our intuition and learn to trust our bodies, because that's what our bodies are divinely designed to do, to lead us and guide us to the deepest, juiciest, most abundant lives possible for us. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever felt that deep yearning inside? It's like a whisper in your soul telling you that there is more to how you are living today. There's more than just climbing the corporate ladder and being content. There's more than how we've been taught to pursue wealth and financial success. There's more than just the good title and the house and the cars, there's more. I believe that there's a world of infinite possibilities waiting for you. And I want to invite you to join me in Atlanta, Georgia from October 6th through 8th for Redefining Wealth Live, where our theme is meant for more. This three-day experience is intended to help you get off autopilot, discover your deepest desires, and authentically manifest your dreams. I'm talking about transformational teachings, transformational connections, and transformational experiences that will help you create greater harmony, peace, and joy as you pursue professional pursuits, but do it with your desires in mind. This inaugural event is themed meant for more because I truly believe that you were born on purpose, with purpose, for purpose. 
Do not let fear or doubt hold you back from getting in this room, even if you have to come alone. Secure your seat at Redefining Wealth Live by visiting RedefiningWealthLive.com. That's RedefiningWealthLive.com. You, Purpose Chaser, are meant for more. And I can't wait to guide you on this remarkable journey of true internal and external transformation. I'll see you in Atlanta. LaVon, what do you say to people who say... I think I feel or sense something, but how do I know if that's me Mm -hmm. or that's God? So I would say it's both. (laughs) I have an elder, Dr. Will Coleman, who says choosing yourself is choosing God. So when I was married to a man and I felt like I was shrinking and my mental health was declining and I wasn't living the abundant life that the divine promised me, I chose myself and I said, I'm out. And it was so interesting to see (laughs) the faces of married people when I started telling them I was getting divorced because everybody (sighs) just blowing out all this hot air. Like we've been close a few times. And I'm like, huh, funny. Y'all never wrote about that on Instagram or Twitter. You know what I'm saying? But I I chose myself and I feel like that's choosing God. And in chapter three of my book, it's called um, Something Told Me That, you know, learning to trust your intuition. Mm-hmm. The fact of the matter is you already know. You asking people about it because you feel it and you want someone to affirm, to affirm and confirm. Yep. Mm-hmm. But you already knew you've been new. When I was dating that man, I knew he wasn't for me. Well. But on paper, it, I'm 32. He's a good guy. It's time for me to get married. The whole time my intuition was like, girl, don't do you in danger, girl. (laughs) And thankfully, God is so good that I was able to learn from that experience Mm -hmm. that I have been able to heal and evolve Mm -hmm. and transform. And, you know, now I have medicine from my former wounds. Yeah. But also, and now I know, listen, the first time. Yeah. You know, that was my word a couple years ago. What was that? Maybe 2020. Mm -hmm. My word for the year was obedience. Mm. And what was in my spirit was what would my life look like? Essentially, Mm. if I listened the first time. Right. And so it was the best year I ever had in business up until that point. And the number of things that just became more clear. I mean, my success, even in the midst of a pandemic, Come on, somebody. was accelerated. We served more clients wow. internationally Amazing. than we ever had. Love it for you. Right? Yeah. And it was the obedience. Mm. And it was just the like honoring what I heard yeah. in here yeah. without the need to straddle the fence, right. to look for two rainbows and a pigeon with a bow <laughs> on. And like, Lord, just let a waterfall drop in my backyard. You know the stuff we be saying. <laughs> Not you with the pigeon sound. I'm from New York, you know, so it was in me, girl. <laughs> right? But, you know, we'll look for all these things. Well, let me ask so-and-so and so-and-so. Right. And then if my coach says and if my pastor right. says. And then, and meanwhile, you knew mm-hmm. from the beginning what it was for you. Right. I have this thing. I learned this after an experience with one of my mentors um, years ago who told me that I shouldn't release the first book I wanted to write because Mm. I didn't have 10,000 Twitter followers at the time. And that could have taken me Mm -hmm. out because after I met with him that day, I went home and got in the bed. I was like, what was I thinking? I had all this stuff Mm. that I was prepping and all the things. And I felt like I was going in the right direction. But that one conversation Right. It was a blow. It almost derailed And the next morning I woke up and I was like, 
he's not with me when I meet these people in the back of the room. And I woke up with this like, wait a minute. And if it were not for me listening to myself, right. I would not be here today. Right. I launched that book. Then I turned around and launched another book right. like a year and a half later. The second book, so 18,000 copies, self-published. Wow. It got bought yes. by a major publisher. Period. I launched another book. I mean, five books later, wow. this wow. incredible podcast, 16 yeah. million plus downloads, Ugh. like millions of dollars created since that time. That was about 10 years ago that that wow. happened. And I just think about had I not mm-hmm. trusted myself, that part. I know that this is where God always intended for me to be. Like, Absolutely. I know that this was the path, which is also why, um, like you said, uh, the the wounds, like, what'd you say? How oh, did you say it? My wisdom came from my former wounds. Okay. Yeah. I have no regrets mm-hmm. about the wounds that I've experienced mm-hmm. because I know they have provided the wisdom that I share here. Right. For sure. Right. Right. But I think about if I did not learn to reject advice that was not in alignment with what I know I was being assigned to do. But most of us go seek out and Mm -hmm. we run. And I'm not saying we don't seek wisdom, but I'm saying we still have to run that against what feels right in my body, in my mind, in my spirit. Ultimately, you can tell me anything you want. But I'm still going to have to take that back and in my rituals, okay, spend time with it and see how it aligns for me. And if you take it back and it doesn't resonate, then you got to give it back. Ooh. Because at the end of the day, people will put their projections onto you. Yeah. A lot of times, unhealed people will see healed people doing well and it will be a reminder that they did not do the work that they could have done to get to where they wanted to be. So they will cast their fear Onto you. My therapist taught me that sometimes I have to have grace with people because my success is a reminder to them that anything is possible. And if it's possible for me, it's possible for you. So what are you not doing? And not to say that you need to do what I did. Not to say that you need to do what I did because I believe my journey is my journey. Everyone has their own process. But I've I've been in the mud. I've been in therapy. I've been wailing at the altar. I've been crying. I've been dissolving friendships. I've been estranging myself from uh, toxic family members, right? Mm -hmm. I've been vulnerable. Like, I've been doing the work. We like to talk about the work so much. The work is, healing is messy. It'll make you sexy, but healing is messy. Come on. Okay? And the beautiful thing that I love is when we're talking about our woundedness, we, we take our time. We took our time, right, to heal and then come. to In today's overexposed, saturated social media age, people feel like they have to bear their souls. And I'm like, hey. where is your inner circle? That's where, what I always say. Where, where are, are your, your real friends? Where are your elders? <laughs> Where is your journal? Where is your therapist? Because you got to work through that before you bring it to us. It's still a mess right now. You don't have a message yet. Mm-hmm. If it's still a mess, you don't have the message yet. <laughs> so wait. It's or okay. you don't have the capacity to articulate that it may be a mess, but here's what I'm processing. Like, here's what I'm learning. Because, you know, I feel like when I started to share the journey of my separation, mm-hmm. I'm in the middle of the mess, mm. but I also have been investing in the work for sure to such an extent that I can articulate, right? This is a mess, right? However, here's where I am in the journey. And here are the things that I've been working with. Got it. Right. So I'm not bleeding all over you. That's what it is. That's what I wanted to get to. Thank you. Yeah. Because ultimately <laughs> the only way through it is through it, child. And that is, 
is about grief. And there has been so mm. much loss, not just individually, but the collective with COVID, like not just the people we've lost physically, but graduations that were canceled, weddings, mm-hmm. family reunions, right? Like that time that was stolen from us, we get to reclaim it moment by moment. Who do you want to be with? Right. Do you want to be around people that you have to perform for or do you want to be around people with whom I like to say your soul can slouch? You don't have to come in with your accolades. You just come in with yourself because you are God in the flesh. (laughs) And that's why you can trust yourself. Trusting yourself is trusting God. I will say because you asked me, how do I know if it's me or if it's God? I think it's one and the same. Also, and is it your intuition or are you being hypervigilant? Because sometimes it is a trauma response. So that's something that you'll get to learn. The only way that you get better at trusting your intuition is by trusting your intuition. That's what I yeah. say. <laughs> See, there you, right. go. You, you have to practice doing it. You have to it. practice. It, and don't be unkind to yourself when your intuition directs you and you don't listen and something else happens. Be grateful that you heard it in the first place. Because now you're like, oh, I did hear right. Right. So Mm -hmm. grace is the word that's coming to mind for me. Have so much grace with yourself because that's what's going to help us on the journey, child. But, you know, when I started trusting my intuition, like take a different route home Mm. with things that didn't have as much impact as like a divorce. Right. You know, right. Right. Like leaving. But like in every way and every day, there's a way to hone that skill. Absolutely. Of follow your first mind. Exactly. Is what my grandma used to say. Right. When you said that soul slouch, though, can (laughs) we just get into how that (laughs) took me out? If you're watching, you know what I did. But for those who are listening on a podcast, you know, player that lets your soul slouch. Those are. The types of communities that I want to create spaces where because many of us don't always have it in our media circles. Right. But I do believe a part of doing the work is curating the community period that you need in order to celebrate the wins, but also be vulnerable and allow your soul to slouch Mm -hmm. before others who are not like minded, but like hearted. Love it. That's that, so like, good. That is what, ooh, that's so slouch. Listen, let's be Girl. clear. As we're redefining wealth, community is currency. Community, ha- the term has lost its currency because we're like, oh, we're community. No, you're coworkers, <laughs> you're mm. colleagues, you're a group of people. Community requires time, intention, compromise, intimacy, right? Not just showing up on Zoom for an hour. No shade, right? But yeah. that's not community. So be mindful of who you're calling community. Mm. Anyone who's in mastery momentum, you you felt that in your spirit. <laughs> I, I, I already know y'all and felt that. Shondo, you deep felt down that because you already understand what it is. Oh my gosh, you know I want to talk to you all day, but I, I have know, to let you girl. go. I have to respect the all time. Right, all right. All okay, right. so before we go, I want to ask you what we call the redefining wealth rapid wisdom question. Pew 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 pew. And you're gonna tell us the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. I love that she comes with her own sound effects. <laughs> All right. Maybe one of the first to do so. You're welcome. Okay. Thank you. So here's the first one. How do you define success? Being happy, healthy, and wealthy. Happy, purposeful, fulfilled, healthy, mentally and physically, wealthy, financially, and spiritually. That girl came ready. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. So you kind of said it already, but how do you define wealth in three words or less? Owning my time. 
That's one thing I got from the man I divorced. He taught me, he said, wealth is ownership of your time. And that little seed done germinated into yeah. a whole Amazonian jungle. Yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. What's one book that has helped you redefine wealth for yourself? All About Love, New Vision by Bell Hooks. It completely transformed what I think about love. I thought I knew what love was, but since love is indeed the greatest force, power, currency, knowing that love is the will to extend oneself for your spiritual growth or the spiritual growth of another, that's how that's how love is defined by Bell Hooks and Eric Fromm. When I learned that, game changer. Okay, I think that's my next yeah. read. Yes, please. Yeah. Get it in there. I think that's the next one. Okay. <laughs> All right. And this is the last one. You're going to fill in the blank. My name is, and to me, the truth about wealth is. My name is LaVon. And to me, the truth is wealth is holistic and abundant and your birthright. Amen. Yeah. Oh, LaVon, this is so, so good. Oh. You guys, I know that you got so much from this episode. I hope that your cup is just overflowing yes. today with just um, just this idea of being able to interrogate your faith for yourself mm-hmm. and really get in tune with what your spiritual practices are going to be. What's the ritual that you are going to create so that you have more pleasure, more love, more abundance, more joy Mm-mm-mm. in your life? Because this is all a part of the Redefining Wealth journey. Um, feel free to hit me up on Instagram at SeekWisdomPCW. Tag us. Tell us what you thought of the episode. LaVon, what's your social handle? Yeah, so you can visit me. My hub is LaVonBriggs.com. I'm at LaVonBriggs. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, child, All the places. Uh, Twitter, everywhere. <laughs> hit up LaVon Briggs. Make sure you grab a copy of Sensual Faith. It yes. is such a good book. Thank you. I forgot mine at home, but trust me, it's dog-eared, underlined, highlighted. <laughs> it is such a great read and will just expand, expand, expand your concept of faith. Also just self-love in general. So I hope you guys are blessed by this episode. Until next week, I want you to go live your life's purpose, find fulfillment, and earn more without ever chasing money. Talk to you later. Mm-hmm.